Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac's Almanac and we are recording for you on a Saturday evening and I have a very special guest with me today. I have got Nurse Sam with me again. We had so much fun recording last time that I needed to get her back on. Say hi, Sam. Hello. (laughs) We are going to talk about something super interesting tonight that not a lot of people want to have conversation about. We are going to talk about poop. AKA shit. <laughs> and I thought, who better to have this conversation with than my friend Sam? Because she keeps it real. She has no shame in her game. She is willing to talk about just about anything. And because she's a nurse, she has had some pretty incredible experiences when it comes to shit. Am I right, Sam? That is right. Plus, she has two small boys. So <laughs> I there's think that, yeah. It's a natural <laughs> part of life when you've got small children, right? Yes, every day. <laughs> Um, this show, if you hadn't guessed, is about medical news, weird diseases, strange illnesses, crazy syndromes, normal stuff, cures, diagnosis, treatment, everything that is related to the medical field. We find interesting things that we'd like to talk about and we just discuss them on the show. But before we get started, we need to talk about a few little disclaimers. First and foremost, we are not doctors in the medical profession Please, please, please do not take anything we say on the show as medical advice. We are not trying to treat, diagnose, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see your doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to have fun talking about all the weird parts of the medical world in the past, present, and the future. Let's talk about shit. Shall we, Sam? Yes, let's go. Okay, so (laughs) I think one of the things that most people want to know about is what is regular? When it comes to shit, because this is something we don't want to talk about. And why do you think it is that we don't want to talk about shit as a society or our poop or our bowel movements? Because it's gross. Yeah, but it's only gross if you make it gross, right? I guess, but I don't know. People get really weird. I don't know. People get really weird about it. And I don't talk about it with everybody because it creeps people out or it weirds them out. Well, see, the thing is, like, I don't want somebody to watch me shit. I definitely don't want that to be, like, a thing, but... I don't mind talking about it, and I feel as though people need to stop being so sensitive about it because a lot of people have irregular issues when it comes to bowel movements, and when you have that issue, that can really be impactful on your overall health. Am I right on that? Yeah, well, yeah, people, everyone's got different types of schedules, but if people have, like, an issue around, you know, a medical issue to do with poop, yeah, it can it can rule their world. That's a big part of their it's a big part of your life if you're not pooping normal. Yeah. It's well, that's no so joke. Let's talk about what's regular, what's normal. Um I found this article on healthline.com called How many days <laughs> Excuse me. I am start over. How many <laughs> times should you poop a day? Are you regular? So it says bowel movements are a necessity of life and they allow you to empty the waste from your diet via your intestines. While all people make bowel movements, the frequency varies greatly from person to person. And that's, I think, what we both agree on. Um, Some indicate that anywhere from three bowel movements a day to three a week can be normal. Three a day? Good Lord. Oh, my mom poops like three to four times a day. It's ridiculous. So does my boyfriend. And I just don't understand it. I'm like, how? I wish I could poop three times a day. That would be such a relief. I know. Yes. 
I would feel amazing. But it's like, I don't. Um, but sometimes the consistency of a person's stool can also be a significant indicator of bowel health um, more than frequency. Mm-hmm. So if you're not pooping often enough or too frequently, these can both cause severe health problems depending on the consistency of that stool. Um, there is no generally accepted number of times a person should be pooping each day. As a broad rule, three times a day to three times a week is considered the norm. And most people have a pattern. So if you're in the same pattern and you're you know, having the regular bowel movements at this, around the same time every day, then usually you don't really have a lot to worry about. According to a survey of more than 2,000 participants, respondents report the following bowel patterns. 50% of the people, those 2,000 participants, say they poop once a day. Um, another 28% report going twice a day. And only about 5.6% reported going once or twice weekly. I want to know, when I worked nights full-time, because I'm just one day a week now. Right. When I worked nights full-time, I went maybe three times a week. And it was so frustrating. And now that I'm not on nights, mm-hmm. I go daily. I wonder if it's something to do with your circadian rhythm. You know what I, I mean? I think when you're, yeah, like I wonder those people, it's such a small percentage of people who aren't going regularly. That's got to be like stress or, you know, whatever. There's, I think there's a lot that goes into how your body works. Oh, yeah. Well, according to this study, the most respondents, 61.3% reported their bowel movements were in the morning, 22% reported in the afternoon, and only about 2.6% said they poop at late at night. So most people are doing it in the morning or the afternoon and not a very, very, very small percentage do it at night, which is very interesting to me as well. I wonder if it's, again, something to do with their circadian rhythm. Yeah, it could be. You're like, you're laying and you know, you're, you're sleeping. So your body's at rest normally at night and then you're up. And once you kind of get moving, it stimulates that to move as yeah. well, but your body's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly 31% of respondents reported their poop consistency was similar to that of a sausage or a snake. <laughs> There's actually smooth and soft it's called, yeah, it's called the Bristol stool chart. B-R-I-S-T-O-L. Oh my God. And so crazy. No joke. It is ridiculous. There's like pictures and everything, but they recently started putting it in our like charting for work for being a nurse. Oh my God. That's amazing. And I'm like, I'm not asking people what it looked like. If do you happen to see it? Okay. But there's no doctor looking at your charting being like, Oh, what was their poop? Like no one has ever asked me that. And so I refuse to chart on it because I think it's silly, but it's actually an interesting chart and it breaks down like what, you know what I mean? Soft blobs with clear cut edges means you're lacking fiber. Oh my God. Uh, Like a smooth, soft sausage or snake is normal. A sausage shape with cracks in the surface is normal. (laughs) Lumpy and sausage like indicates mild constipation. And separate hard lumps indicate severe constipation, according to this stool chart. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I pulled it up so I could read off of it. But, yeah. It's very interesting. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. So what can affect the frequency of how you poop? Obviously, you kind of briefly mentioned some of those, but your diet is the biggest thing. 
how much oh yeah soluble water intake right your soluble and insoluble fiber the fruits and vegetables the grains all of that can promote your bowel movements if you don't have significant amounts of these foods in your diet you're not going to poop regularly and then fluids if you're drinking enough fluids then it's going to make it a whole lot easier and if you're not and you're obviously coffee not coffee but like soda and beer does not count as fluids fyi people no and so many, well, I drink like so much liquid. It doesn't matter if it's not water, forget it. Right. And it, if it's got caffeine in it, then it further dries you out and dehydrates you. I think you. so. Yeah. Water I can't, and with yeah. caffeine and sugar can dehydrate and dry you out even further is what my doctor said. It says also that the older you get, the more likely you are to be constipated. And this is usually because reduced gastric movement um, when you get older can uh, slow down your digestion, reduce your mobility, and taking more medications can also slow bowel health. Now, I remember going over to your house, and this is a little bit of a personal story. I can cut this out if you're like not wanting me to share this, but I remember you were constipated when I went over there, and what was your fix? You had like kale or something, or you fried up like a whole thing of kale and... Oh, it wasn't kale. I know what you're talking about. What did you do? So what I would, what I do is I eat that salad, the, um, red lettuce. And I just love it so much that I end up eating the whole head of lettuce. And if you eat a whole head of lettuce, cause it's lettuce with apple cider vinegar and I use turkey bacon Okay. and you fry the bacon in the pan and then you put the apple cider vinegar on it uh-huh. and you get the vinegar hot and then you put it over the lettuce and it like wilts a little bit uh-huh. and it's gotta be red lettuce for some reason the texture and the flavor is different with red lettuce it's so much better but um yeah then I usually like I used to the next day for sure have like this flaky lettuce poop oh my god it was my (laughs) go-to oh god and probably like three times a year I would just get sick of not going and I would um drink mag citrate which is a laxative which you drink like two of them for a bowel prep before like a colonoscopy but I would just have one and then the one time me and my friend um had a race we both drank it before bed and we decided that the first person to poop won and the other person had to buy lunch the next oh day. my god that's so funny. <laughs> who won clean you out who won uh oh he won oh lord so yeah. we're gonna have to talk a little bit more later in the show about some of your other um, cures for (laughs) (laughs) for that impacted poop. But, um, they say things like your activity level as well can really impact your ability to poop regularly. So if you're getting regular physical exercise, there's more odds that you're not going to be suffering from constipation. And then of course, chronic or acute illness, um, can create instances where you're not going to poop regularly. Things like inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, Um, These can cause episodes of bowel movements followed by long periods of constipation. If you have acute illness like viral um, gastroenteritis, stomach flu, or an injury that requires you to take pain medications, this can slow down your bowel activity as well and cause changes in bowel movement patterns. Like if you're taking antibiotics and things like that, those really slow you down. Yeah. Uh, And antibiotics can sometimes give people diarrhea. Oh, yeah. And so I'll tell people to take a probiotic when they're on it to help like 
keep that good bacteria in the gut. Absolutely. I think people should be taking a probiotic most of the time anyway, just because the Mm, nature of how our food is now, there's so many chemicals and everything we're eating that I just don't think you get the same kind of probiotics in natural food that we used to uh, back in the day. Yeah. Um, Consistency. You gave a little indication from the chart of what the doctors are supposed (laughs) to be looking at, but when it comes to consistency, um, stools should be soft and relatively easy to pass. If they're not, then yeah. you've got problems. Uh, and they also said to you, what you mentioned earlier, a snake or a sausage should be kind of what it looks like. They should be brown due to the breakdown of red blood cells in the body. If they're a different color, then you could have some issues. Loose or watery stools can indicate you have some digestive issues. Uh, that the stool is passing through your intestines too fast to become bulky. This can be a problem not only because you need to go more frequently, but because your body won't absorb as many of the nutrients from your stool. So the food that you're eating and digesting is not really getting digested and absorbed into your body. Conversely, stools that are hard can be really hard to pass, and this can cause difficulties which can lead to hemorrhoids and stool backup in the intestines. So for those of you who don't know what hemorrhoids are, Sam, what are hemorrhoids? (laughs) It's a blood vessel around your rectum or butthole that pops out or is irritated with uh, pressure. So if you're like straining really hard to poop, um, you can have it. And if you sometimes you can feel them, like if you reach back in the shower mm-hmm. and you can feel it's almost like a soft little bubble and they can be itchy or irritated. Um, Do those go away on their own or are they there forever once you have one? No, they couldn't go away on their own. They, um, sometimes people get them with like, it's called a thrombosed, uh, I think it's called thrombosed, but it's a hemorrhoid with a blood clot in it. And that needs to be taken care of by a doc. But usually you can just stuff them back in. Oh, wow. Stuff them right back in your butthole. That's kind of horrifying. It is. But if that's the way you got to push it back, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the nature of hemorrhoids. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm sure it's a very, have you ever very, had- I think I have, <laughs> it's not like yeah. a real super common thing for me and I'll kind of explain why that is very shortly. I, I've had Sorry. some in the past. I mean to get personal. <laughs> oh no, 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 I don't mind. I think I've had them in the past, but nothing really like significantly bad. And I'll kind of explain that in a little bit more detail later. Yeah. Cause we're going to talk about enemas. Um, and that is directly related to that particular story. So we'll hold that one and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but when should you see a doctor as far as your bowel movements? We're going to talk about that for a second here. So a lot of people are like, Hey, I feel like I'm somewhat normal. Um, but sometimes I'm not normal. When should I see a doctor? So changes in bowel movement that last over a long period of time, you should see a doctor. So they say, If it lasts longer than a week, it could be cause for concern. Um, Symptoms that you need to see a doctor related to are blood in your stool, which can appear red or black, or have the consistency of coffee grounds. If you are vomiting blood, you should definitely see a doctor. (laughs) I don't know why they would put that on there. That seems kind of obvious. If you're vomiting blood, um, aren't you going to see a doctor anyway? Um, Lack of bowel movements in more than three days or severe stabbing abdominal pain. When you're dealing with stool, you should see a doctor. 
Um, regular problems, problems with constipation, passing stool or diarrhea should also be indicators that you should see your doctor. They're going to take a look at your medical history and review medications that you may be using and then maybe give you some options about things that can help um, relieve that problem. And they can also recommend lifestyle and dietary changes that could potentially help you. Now, yeah, some some primary docs though will be like, well, I don't know, let's give it some time, and then they'll probably send you to a specialist. Well, who when, deals with bellies and guts? Oh yeah. When I went in to see my doctor um, related to my issue, so we're going to kind of delve into this secondary topic when it comes to shit, uh, because I have had problems with constipation, like severe constipation where I just would not go for like a week or longer. So I went in to see my doctor and then when I did go, it was very, very hard to go. And it was very, the, the stool itself had a very, very hard consistency and was very hard to pass. And so that's when I started having issues with the, the hemorrhoids. Because I just, I couldn't go to the bathroom. It was in there. I knew it was in there. It was trying to come out. I just couldn't go. I'm not sure what it's related to. I I don't take any medications. I get quite a bit of physical activity. I think I eat pretty healthfully. But I just started having issues probably about four or five years ago. And Hmm. I went to see the doctor and she said, you know, that is not normal. And that when you do have, because I started having bladder issues as well. Like uh, oh. the the need to go to the bathroom more frequently, burning, irritation. It just feels like the bladder is full all the time. And she said that that is most likely related to the constipation. Because what happens is your your bowels get full of that stool and start mm-hmm. to press on your bladder. So then it feels like yeah. your bladder is full and then you're having issues. Also, you know, when you're not ridding your body of the toxins that are in that stool – it can make you sick. So you can get oh, sure. you can start having issues like, you know, um heartburn, acid reflux, uh all kinds of different problems that can be associated with the fact that you're not pooping on a regular basis, including the irritation of the bladder, the lining of the bladder and the possibility for infection. So that is why, you know, you may think, oh, it's not a big deal. But if you're not going to the bathroom on a regular basis, that can really impact your overall health. Your your body needs that method, that mode to rid itself of the toxins from the food that you're eating. If you're not going to the bathroom, how do you think your body is ridding itself of those toxins? They're getting them back absorbed, many of them, into your body, which is not good. Well, not only that, but then you're... Your gut is where you normally should have space and your body is full of poop because you can't get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty scary. So my solution, because she had recommended that I start taking, I believe it's called Linzest. I've heard of that. but It's like a prescription medication that's supposed to make bowel movements softer, easier, more frequent, all that kind of stuff. But I remember talking Hmm. to her at the time and just being like, yeah, this is something you have to take every day. And it can give you the same sort of reaction that a laxative would give you. Cause I started, I took some lax, I tried the laxatives and it just was so rough. Like the way your body feels when you use a laxative is awful. I just feel like my whole body's out of whack and it is painful. I feel like I'm going to throw yeah, up it can be. and it's just, it's, it's awful. I do not like that feeling. I don't, I mean, I do it if I absolutely had to. Uh, but then you have that, the unpredictability of when the bowel movement is going to happen because you take it and it could be six hours. It could be 12 hours. It could be two hours. You, you don't know when you're going to go after you take that. So the Linzess 
is supposed to be a little bit more subtle and it's supposed to kind of work with your body to make things more natural. But the fact that you have to take it every day and it's prescription medication that you have to take for the rest of your life kind of turned me off. Oh yeah. It would me too. So I said to myself, what other options do I have? And so I came upon enemas and did a little bit of research and looked into it a little bit, started doing a little bit of research and came up with the idea of doing an enema. So basically an enema, also known as a clyster, is an injection of fluid into the lower bowel by way of the rectum. Um, And it can also refer to liquid being injected into the rectum as a manner to get yourself to go to the bathroom. So in standard medicine, the most frequent uses for an enema are to relieve constipation or for bowel cleansing before medical examination or procedure. Have you ever done an enema on yourself? Yes. And do you do them now frequently or is this just like a once every once in a while? No, it was a one time thing. And I feel like I was so backed up that it didn't. I feel like it didn't get far enough up to really do anything for me. Enemas can, like, you can get them over the counter, the fleets enemas. Yes. Can help a lot of people. It did not touch me. And so I forget what I did then. I think I was pregnant at the time. And that's why I didn't just do the mag citrate. Oh, because it, I think I, because I was backed up because the pregnancy hormones slow your bowel. And so. I forget what else I did that day, but it just, I felt like it just went around whatever was in there. Or maybe I wasn't as constipated as I thought and just needed to wait a little bit. So what's the longest you've ever had to go between bowel movements? It's been a long time since I was really constipated, but probably like four, three to four days is probably my max. Yeah, and it's literally, I don't know about you, but it, to me, that's one of the worst feelings when you haven't gone for a really long time, and your well, stomach is Well, then you go, and it's distended. like these tiny little turds, like you're a deer in the woods, and it does nothing for you. <laughs> the other day, awful. I pooped twice, and it was incredible, and I thought, this is invigorating. Like, right? it's so amazing. And that is not how I used to go when I worked nights. Well, It was difficult to, like get anything going and I have a good my diet hasn't really changed I drink so much water it was just like my sleep patterns think that that is one of the primary reasons why I started doing the enemas so what I do is a coffee enema a couple times a week and theoretically what the coffee enema and hang on one sec I'm just gonna look up why people use coffee because I know that there's a reason behind it hang on one sec well, I read a little thing while I was waiting to to do this podcast that when they there was a study done that um, involved patients who did like the normal cleanse before a colonoscopy mm-hmm. and a coffee enema, like the normal enema, whatever they use versus a coffee enema. And the coffee enema in this specific study tend or was went ended up cleaning out more of the bowel. It went the it was cleaner further up than just the regular enema. Yes. We're going to talk about that further. We're going to talk about that in just a second. So a little bit of the history behind enemas, they have been around literally for thousands of years. This is not a new thing. In ancient Egypt, the Pharaoh had a guardian of the anus who administered his enemas. 
Um, and they were later referred to um, as early as 1500 BC in old Egyptian papyruses and later still by Herodotus and Diodorus from Greece. Um, they are also known in Babylonia, India, China, and America, where the Native Americans used them. Um, not long ago, in fact, within the last few hundred years in France, enemas were regarded as essential for health. So Louis XIV is said to have used thousands of enemas. But it seems in recent times we have kind of sort of come to the opinion that enemas are not right or not shouldn't be used. And people are just kind of wondering why we suddenly decided that it wasn't normal or right to do enemas. I think enemas are absolutely amazing. It's something that I, it was recommended to me by a friend of mine. And I remember at first when he said it, I was just like, cause he was really into like extreme health, holistic medicine, cures for things. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be putting something up my butt. Like that's an exit only sort of a thing. <laughs> yeah. But then he recommended that there were these benefits of coffee enemas. And I remember thinking, coffee? Who the hell is going to put coffee up their butt? But coffee... Apparently you know. <laughs> right? Coffee enemas are a type of a colon cleanse used in alternative medicine. So during this particular procedure, a mixture of coffee is brewed and water is inserted. So mixed with water and then it's inserted into the colon through the rectum. There's a special kit that you would need to have. It's usually a metal bucket or some sort of a plastic bag that holds the coffee. It tends to be about a half a gallon's worth. So it's a pretty large amount of liquid that you're inserting. That's in. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, most people, when they first start doing it, need to use a smaller amount until they can build up the, the capacity and ability to hold in larger amounts. But they said that they may have originated these coffee enemas from German physicians who were searching for cancer treatment in the early 1900s. One of the doctors, Dr. Gershon, it's called the Gershon therapy now because they, they put this procedure on the map essentially when they started using it for cancer treatments. But this German-American doctor, Max Gershon, started using it because he believed it was a detox for the body that could give you nutrients to help heal yourself um, when you combine it with an organic plant-based diet, raw juices, and then these coffee enemas. So this became known as the Gershon therapy. So essentially what coffee enemas do as opposed to a regular enema, which just kind of clears out that lower a part of the colon, coffee enemas are thought to stimulate bile flow and the production of glutathione, a, a detoxifying antioxidant. It's essentially like you are really clearing out all of that bowel when you do a coffee uh, enema. So what happens typically is these can help relieve constipation, boost your immunity, and increase your energy. In addition to helping you go to the bathroom, they're supposed to have all these other things that stop yeast overgrowth, help treat autoimmune diseases, remove parasites from the digestive tract, remove heavy metals from the body, treat depression, and treat cancer. Additionally, some doctors are saying that when you're getting these um, coffee enemas, that you are helping rid your colons of plaque. So it can actually help reduce your bad cholesterol and plaque in the body that could reduce your chances for heart disease and possibly a heart attack. It's interesting at the very least. Right. And again, I think you got to take all of this stuff kind of with a grain of salt because there are no major studies that show scientific evidence that prove or disprove that, that the enemas are helpful. 
Most doctors consider colon cleansing unnecessary because your body's digestive system can get rid of its own waste and the bacteria and everything on its own. So most don't recommend this. They also say that when you start doing enemas, that your body loses its natural ability to clear that waste from the system itself. There's also some risk to it if people aren't really careful. You got to make sure all of your instruments are clean. You got to make sure that the coffee is pure, that you're getting a special kind, the water's purified. And, and there's just a lot of things that you need to be super careful of um, when you're doing coffee enemas. But I So you find don't just brew a regular batch. You use a special kind? You're supposed to use like an organic, all-natural type. So you're not putting Folgers up your butt? No. Right. <laughs> Um, there have been some deaths that they say might potentially be associated with coffee enemas, but there's no like serious causal link between those two things. And then some people right. are not really careful because you got to make sure that coffee is at room temperature. You can, you can burn oh, your Jesus. rectum or like rip, tear or damage your, your rectum if you're not careful about inserting the enema tube. So essentially That's you're true. You don't put boiling hot coffee in your butt. Yeah. You just got to be super, super careful. And when you're inserting the tube into your rectum, so what happens is you brew the coffee, you put it all in this metal canister, metal or glass canister. It has a rubber tube on it that has like an on off valve clip. So you set the clip, you use some sort of oil, all natural organic oil to kind of lubricate the tip of the enema tube and you insert it into your rectum about two inches in. Then you unclip the stopper that stops the liquid from flowing through the tube and you put the canister up high above you and the liquid drains from the canister into your rectum. By gravity. So you hold the coffee into your rectum as long as you can. I hear music. (laughs) It's my clock. Sorry, I wondered if you could hear that. My friend the one day thought it was an ice cream truck. That's hilarious. (laughs) It's my clock. Um, So essentially the liquid is draining from the canister downwards by gravity, obviously, into the, the lower bowel. And you're supposed to hold the coffee in for as long as you can. And the longer you hold it in, the better it's supposed to be. And then once you're passing 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, then you release, you go to the bathroom. You can hold it in for 30 minutes? I can hold it in for 30 minutes now because I've been doing this. A half gallon? Yeah. I've been doing this for like five years now. (laughs) That's impressive. So it it takes a lot. How long can you hold a fart for? Ah, uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you just like is it? The thing is, when you finish it and when you expel the coffee liquid, like you just feel clean from head to toe, like absolutely clean as a whistle. Ten pounds lighter. You feel a tremendous amount of energy. You just feel clarity and like I think some of the caffeine obviously leaches into your body and and wakes you up. But like you just feel – and then you're supposed to follow up the coffee enema with a plain room temperature water enema just to kind of do one final rinse through. And then you supposedly feel better. So I do that a couple times a week to like just really clear everything out. What? That's a lot. A couple times a week? Twice a week. No kidding. Yeah. So there are some risks, obviously. I was kind of talking about that a little bit earlier. Coffee enemas can are thought to produce inflammation in the colon and rectum. So they can be risky. So be super careful, especially if you're sensitive to caffeine 
or you're on medications that interact with caffeine. You can also experience rectal burns, nausea, vomiting, cramping, bloating, dehydration, bowel perforation, and infection caused by improperly sterilized equipment. So like I said earlier, you got to be careful. You got to make sure all your equipment is clean. After you use it, you got to wash it with hot soapy water. Um, When you're inserting the tube into your rectum, you got to make sure it's lubricated and that you're going slow and you're really careful because otherwise you could tear your, that delicate tissue down there. Bottom line, Mainstream medicine does not advocate the use of enemas or coffee enemas unless you have been prescribed one by a doctor. There are a lot of people that claim that the enemas can improve your health without negative side effects, but there's really not a lot of statistics out there. So it's it's really hard to like say, hey, scientific evidence says that enemas are yeah. successful for 65%. It's just to be careful right. and seek a doctor's care if you're starting to experience some long-term issues when it comes to your bowel health, your bowel movements. That's the bottom line, right? Oh, sure. Sorry. And if you want to try... you got to run everything by your doc because you can go to Dr. Google and find some really crazy stuff. Oh, absolutely. And if you want to try an enema or a coffee enema for that matter, do your research. Go look online, find find out, you know, how people are using it, what you need to do to do it correctly, and just be really careful. I mean, that's all I would suggest or recommend when it comes to that. I have been using them for a while now, and occasionally it doesn't feel so great. Like, I've had a couple of issues where I waited because I don't have regular bowel movements. And sometimes I'm just like, hey, I just don't want to do an enema. I mean, because you, you have to stop everything. When you're doing a coffee enema, It the whole process from start to finish takes anywhere from an hour to two hours, depending on how long you want to do it and how many rounds of the enema you're doing. Because some therapists recommend that you do the enemas like two or three times. And then you flush with water two or three times afterwards. So the process itself can take a pretty long time. Yeah, so, that's a while. Sometimes you're just like, hey, I can't take an hour or two out of my schedule. And then, you know, when I first started dating my boyfriend and I had to explain to him what I was doing, that was somewhat uncomfortable as well. I'm sure. Holy cow. And then the the other thing is we go on vacations and we're there for more than a couple of days and I have to go to the bathroom and I can't go naturally and I don't want to just run around with this full bowel because I can't go to the bathroom. So... I have to work that into the schedule as well because you can't necessarily carry a metal enema can around with you when you're traveling. So if I do have that issue and I'm somewhere where I can't carry that or bring it with me, then I usually will do like a, one of those fleet enemas, the, and they work in clearing out the smallest amount, much less than you probably would normally be able to get out. But at least it's something and you're not walking around feeling just like complete shit because you haven't gone to the bathroom in a week. What does it mean when somebody is impacted? You kind of mentioned that earlier. What is what is that condition? So an impaction, the way that I have understood it, is when someone's there, someone's constipated and the poop is just built, 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 built to where it's like a large, hard clump at the very end of their digestive tract and they can't pass it on their own. And so a doctor has to go in with his fingers manually and remove the lump of stool. Oh my God. Whether they break it up or whatnot and remove it from their body so that then they can poop because it's, it's like all your poop just, it's, it's like a dam. 
and and as poop stays into your body longer, the, at least the way I understand it is the longer it's in your body, the more water is taken out of it. So if you're super constipated and you can't poop and it is a true, like it's an impaction, then it's like a, like a hard piece of stool at the very end that just needs a little help coming out. <laughs> Holy shit. That sounds real scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's disgusting. And normally it's the, like, it, that's not usually a nursing function. So it's the doc that does it. Oh God. Uh, so they don't yeah. give you all the shitty things to do. <laughs> No, Just because a few of them. most nurses will be like, oh, out of my scope. Good luck, doc. Have, have fun in there. Have you ever had to do that? Assisted a patient once. And he wasn't even impacted. He thought he was. He um, had some sensory issues. He couldn't really move his arms and legs very well, and so he thought he had to go. And uh, it's it was, oh, gosh, it was so gross. I was on orientation still in my um, preceptor joked that it was like my hazing because I like gagged and it made me sick to do it. But there was no hard poop when I put my fingers in there. So I was like, Oh, so I thought maybe he just needed like some stimulation because people with certain sensory issues, not sensory issues, but like he was a um, paraplegic and couldn't feel it. And so sometimes just um, stimulating the rectum would help him to go and, he didn't even need to go. It was just, I mean, he probably, he, maybe he did, but he it. what I could offer did not help him. So essentially you're just putting on a rubber glove, lubricating mm-hmm. it and just inserting your finger in there and like feeling around. Like what, what do you, what do you yep. have to do? Yep. I don't know. God, I felt around, didn't feel any hard lumps and pulled my finger out. And you're like, okay, I'm done. Done, done, done. Yep. Pretty never, much. Never I like again. felt around and was like, nope, this is this is good for me. Yep. And the guy eventually ended up pooping on his own. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was the ER. So we sent him home, I think. He was fine. But uh, yeah, he was like, oh, do you need, you know, I could hire you as my nurse at home. I'm like, no, sir. No, thanks. No, <laughs> this is where our, uh, our meeting ends. <laughs> <laughs> I was <Bye>. done. <laughs> yeah, that sounds oh, awful. Um, you also mentioned another story with one of your boys. Oh gosh, yes. So <laughs> my two-year-old was. We had had a. We had people over our house. Um, we get together like a little family party, and he. I don't remember. He must have had a diaper on, or maybe he didn't. Cause we were like just finishing up potty training and I looked down and I kind of saw that he was like, had the look like he had to poop. Cause all little kids have this look that parents usually can pick out like, Oh, they're pooping for sure. <laughs> and then I checked, maybe I checked his pants and I didn't see it, but then I looked across my floor. I had a white tile floor. Oh Lord. And there was a turd. I probably had like 20 people in my house and there literally was a turd on the floor. And I was like, oh, dear God, like picked it up, you know, and white cleaned the floor and it was just maybe there was. Did anyone notice or was it yeah, just I think you? there was a couple. Well, I think I was so horrified and it was all like closer family friends. And I was like, oh, gosh, look out. Gabe just pooped on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> careful where you're stepping. Oh I didn't need that God. tracked into my carpet. And that was a, the when you lived in when, Vegas? Yeah, that was in Vegas. Um, the worst is when they have to go to the bathroom and like you're at a park with just a porta potty 
Ew. Like, oh, I'd sooner just go home. Yeah, it's not worth it. Because you don't want it's them to touch anything. Worth it. And then, like, they don't understand the concept of washing the hands. and Well, and there's nowhere to wash your hands because it's a porta potty yeah. So you're done. Ew. You go in that thing, you're not coming out clean. There's no way around it. <laughs> so <You're> foul. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad news bears. Yeah. But so any other poop anyway, story? I'm trying to think. That, yeah. There was. Oh, no. There was. I forget what they were doing. What was wrong with the patient? Were they impacted or something? I forget what the heck they were doing with him. But um, they had the patient on the side. And the doctors were either trying to disimpact him or something. I, I don't even remember what was happening. But something shot across the room. What? And I didn't know what it was, whether it was gas or maybe they put something in and something came out. And I got out of that room so fast. And I think they needed – I was supposed to be charting in there. And Wait, I thought, hold no, on. no. Was this a, a solid thing flew across the room or like sh- like liquid shot across the room? I think it was a shard, like they sharded. Oh, like it was a liquid, liquid poop fart. God. And I was, and they were like in gowns because they were right by the patient. I was not in a gown. I was at the computer. I even remember what room I was in. I remember who my charge nurse was, and I looked at her and I was like, "I'm not going back in there." Just so you know, like I'll chart from out here. It's not happening. Go ahead and yell the like, stuff out to me. This just happened. I'm not going in and there. And it was, it was just, it was too much. I was out, and they couldn't. The docs, I, I want to say it was an intern, and they didn't have many interns at that hospital, or it's like it was like a student doctor or something, and they were in the room, and they couldn't just bail because they were dealing with the patient. But believe you me, I was out of there. It's like I don't get paid enough to be shot poop at. Yeah, that's absolutely it's just not, disgusting. Not, not in this game. Not this girl. <laughs> no way, man. That was a funny one. It I is something I think that people now. really just don't want any part of. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to smell it. They don't want that in their lives. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay if I'm prepared, but I don't need it shot at me like a rocket. <laughs> it's fine if you know that that's what you're going in for. It's fine. You you get past it. So you po- know? poopy diapers aren't as scary as people say they are. Kids' diapers? Yeah. No, they're not even – I mean, it sucks, especially if you're not prepared and you don't have the stuff to clean it up. But the last couple times that I've had like a true mess, I don't even bother with the wipes. I just put them in the tub. I have a shower head that I can pull down, and I just hose them off in the shower. Like I'm not I'll, – I'll use half a package of wipes trying to get that clean. It's silly. <laughs> Get in there, kid. Were you the one that was Hose telling me about like the all natural cleaning methods that you're now using as well? No, but my girlfriend oh, had clock. looked into. She wants to, um, a bidet. Yeah, Is just, that what you're talking about? No, no. You were talking about a cloth or something that you were using to clean, I think. Oh, the Norwex cloths. Oh, yeah. That's legit. But can you use that for poop? No. That's really like. Not no, and I that. joked. I joked with my friend because when you use like cheaper microfiber rags, they don't grab things like the Norwex cloths are like the Cadillac of microfiber wipes, and they have like the silver stuff in it so that it's like an antibacterial built in. So all you have to use is water, and it like cleans everything. 
quite thoroughly actually. Wow. And I was joking with my friend because you ever poop and you're just wipe and wipe and wipe for a hundred years. It feels oh my like, God, that is the worst. and you just can't get it all. <laughs> <laughs> I joked with her because she had turned me on to the Norwex claws and I was you like, they need a Norwex for your butt oh because God. this is too much. But yeah, no, the nor because my boys pee all over the seat all the time. And so I've used, I use them every day. I wipe my toilet and like around the toilet down and then I just rinse it out and hang it up to dry and use it again. And it never, it never smells mildewy. It never stinks because it never, it of never what smells like little boy you, pee and poop. No, never. It's the craziest thing, but I always rinse it really well with hot water when I'm done. But yeah, I don't use chemicals around my toilet because my kids are, you know, in their bare feet, whatever. But yeah, those things are. That's got to be one of the most challenging parts because I know, you know, I live with an, an adult man and I still find pee around the toilet. <laughs> like, oh, what? yeah. And that's just one. Imagine three. I'm telling you what. A little and at least have no he aim. has some aim. Yeah. You hope. I hope. <laughs> yeah. That has got to be my least favorite job is cleaning the toilet in and around on any, anywhere near the toilet is no thanks. No, but you know, your friend that you had who has, they had a his and hers toilet. Yes. That's my dream. Okay. Oh my a God. A toilet that only I can use and I don't have to worry about some boy peeing all over because when they pee, they actually end up peeing right where you're going to stand when you go to sit down to go to the, yes. t- go to the bathroom. Oh and my god! I don't want to god. stand in someone's pee. It's so disgusting. Much less they're not lifting the seat at all. So you sit down and you're sitting down in piss. Oh, see, I don't have that issue specifically. My kids like to slam the freaking toilet seat down. But oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, no thanks. Yeah, the struggle is real. That's I think for it's sure. boys. Boys have pretty much made poop gross, pee gross, going to the bathroom gross, and no one wants to touch it or have any part of it because of boys. It's all their fault. I want to know, and for another time, the percentage of people that use bidets. I don't know. Like Let's U.S. Look. versus worldwide. Because so many – like I was talking to about this with one of my girlfriends, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you would feel so clean afterward. She was like – the paper, I mean, imagine if you were using it to wipe something else, you would you would want to wet the cloth, you know? So it's only natural that a bidet you would think would clean better. But I don't know. I wouldn't want my butt to be all wet. That's my big thing. Okay, let's Because if you got one, wouldn't you have bidet. to dry your butt? So a bidet is a plumbing fixture or type of sink intended for washing the genitalia or butt of the human body. <laughs> it can be located next to the toilet or in the toilet room. Usually it's got water available and then you have to have some sort of a towel next to it to dry yourself off afterwards, right? You would think, but it doesn't seem like efficient to have, you would be using a towel each time and it's not like a hand towel in the bathroom where everyone shares it. You wouldn't want to share that. Yeah, that would be gross. Um, yeah, so be really gross. in Finland, they have these bidet showers or sprayers, which are a handheld triggered nozzle similar to a kitchen sink sprayer that delivers a spray of water to assist in anal cleaning and cleaning of the genitals after defecation and urination. It's usually integrated mm. with the toilet as sort of a sh- handheld device. And they're common in mm. countries where water is considered essential for anal cleansing. Well, and let's say you use toilet paper to dry yourself. 
most toilet paper will flake and then you're just like, it's just a mess anyways if you wipe something wet with toilet paper. Yeah. So interestingly enough, so in Islam, there are strict rules concerning excretion. In particular, anal washing with water is a strong recommendation. Consequently, in regions where Islam is the predominant religion, water for anal washing is provided in most toilets, usually in the form of a handheld bidet shower. But they're becoming more and more popular with an aging community for use among people with phys- with physical disabilities. They're common fixtures in many southeastern European countries, especially Italy, where they are found in 97% of the households. Mandatory oh, when insulation. When we went to Italy, they were in all the ba- almost all the hotels had bidets. Yeah. Evidently, it's been mandatory there since 1975. You have to have a bidet in the bathroom. In Spain, uh, most people have them as well. And um, in Portugal, installation is mandatory also since 1975. Within Europe, they are often found in Albania, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Croatia, France, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, Malta, and Greece. Outside of Europe, they are very very popular in some South American countries, particularly Argentina and Uruguay. Electronic bidet, integrated toilets, often with functions like toilet seat warming, are commonly found in Japan now as well. In in Northern Europe, bidets are rare, although in Finland, bidet showers are common. They're also common in Southeast Asia, South Asia, and Middle East. Interesting. So they have a paperless toilet, toilet introduced in 1980 in Japan, which is a combination of a toilet with bidet, which also dries the user after it washes their booty. Oh, it sounds like a drive through car wash. Combination toilet bidets with seat warmers or attachable bidets are popular in Japan and South Korea and are found in 76% of Japanese households. Hmm. They're also commonly found ask- in public facilities. Yeah. I'll have to ask my brother cause they're still in Italy and I know he has one in his house if they use it now. So they're becoming more popular in the U S although it just doesn't give any numbers as far as how many U S households, but Having seen quite a few here, I have never, I've seen them in one household that I've been in. I'm currently staying at a three, well, not at this exact moment, but I have these, this couple that I go and hang out and watch their, a new couple. They live in Rancho Santa Fe as well. And I believe they have a bidet in their master suite, but not in any of the other bathrooms. So it is still considered pretty much a a luxury. Like a luxury in the U.S. You know what though? When it said, like, people who are disabled and whatnot, there are so many um, older people who are more heavy set that when they get sick especially, and I don't know how they do it when they're not sick, they can't reach very well to clean themselves. No. And good God, if they had a bidet, do you know how much better my life would be as a nurse? Yeah. I tell you what, it'd be a lot be better. I'm all for cleaning up <laughs> and cleaning regularly when you go to the bathroom, whether it just be urinating or like going poo poo. Cause like, I feel like that area, it can't be clean enough. Yeah. No. And most, a lot of, uh, older people have a hard time and then your skin's already sagging. So it's like you reach up there for what feels like an eternity before you hit where you think you would, should be wiping. And if you just could hose it down, it'd be so much easier. Uh, yeah. Hello. Anyway, <laughs> I just like to be clean, and the, the the thought of having a bidet is just like a luxury that seems like an impossibility sometimes. But well, no, you can get them. My girlfriend was looking on Amazon; they have like a clip on to your what? toilet that you can use. That yeah, is awesome. 
I mean, it's not like its own unit. I mean, it's not like super fancy, but it's the same idea. They also say, though, that um, in addition to cleaning off your nether regions, a bidet is much less stressful to the environment because you use less paper. So it's not like you're not using any paper at all because toilet paper can be a major environmental pollution. But that if you had a bidet and you're using a bidet regularly, you could uh, save a lot of paper. Although you're using more water, so like I don't know how much of a trade-off I know. you're really getting as far as environmentally assisting the world with the use of a bidet versus just regular TP in a toilet. Yeah, I'm looking right now on Amazon for $32, and it's got a little over 7,000 reviews. It's like a clip-on that goes underneath your toilet seat. Oh my god, that is hilarious. But it looks like it's... Bray's kind of funny. How would that? Oh, there's a video. I'll have to watch it later. You know what's now funny? I'm intrigued. Is Doug and Kathy, the folks that had that bidet in their bathroom, they, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't use it. it um, they used to fill it up with water and let the dogs drink out of it. What? <laughs> Did not, they build that, that funny? house though or no? No, they didn't build that house. They actually oh, okay. just That's sold that right house then. too. And it was on the market for a very short period of time. They sold it in March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's gone now. They mm-hmm. moved to Nevada. They're my California What the hell do they family. want to move there for? Uh, they're in Reno area. Their grandbabies are there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's sad. Wait, do they have though. real kids now or just dogs still? Do they have kids now? Like grandbaby kids or dogs? Yes, they have grandbaby kids. <gasps> they had Good two sons. Their older son married a woman who was probably 20 years older than him. So uh-huh. she wasn't going to have kids. And they had a, yeah. like grand dogs that they had adopted. And then the uh, younger son did end up getting married, and, and they have two granddaughters with the younger son now. Oh, fun. Yeah, two little girls. And probably no bidet in their no. new house. Well, who knows? <laughs> Maybe. They, they definitely downsized a little bit when they moved to the new place. I, I guess it's smaller in size and much less expensive, so who knows? But yeah. they, they weren't really using it, so I can't see that it's necessarily something that they would seek out anyway, unless it's just to yeah. have an extra special daily water bowl for the dogs. Yeah, true. I never oh. used theirs, although I did have friends that had gone over there and said, oh, yeah, we used a bidet. <laughs> I was like, I think that would be <laughs> gross, because unless you're, like, sterilizing it between each use, like, it seems like a very, don't you think? It's no gross, no more gross than the toilet. Yeah, but you're like splashing water up from that thing onto your backside. But, it, like, but so it's unless no it's dirtier yours, than a toilet. Yeah, but you're, and when you're in a toilet, you're not splashing the water from the toilet onto your skin. Hopefully. But the, the water that's coming from the bidet isn't like poop water. Yeah, but what the water, once it sprays from the poop on your backside, splashes onto the bidet. So unless you're sterilizing that bidet, you could get splashed from somebody else's poop on your backside. Nah. I don't think it works like that. Well, I think ha- it like it would spray you and then that water I don't I don't think it's like a power washer. I think it would be like a gentle flow of water. Gentle in my, flow. In my I in my ideal like bidet situation. In your bidet like, dreams. It's just a, like it's a, a light gentle rinse. flow. <laughs> I'm dying. <sighs> no. No. I think it's like a splashy thing and it's like you splash poop water everywhere inside the bidet, of course, because you're, you're, you're splashing it and it's hitting your skin and going back down into the bidet. But then you've got 
water with fecal coliform all over the inside of the toilet. So unless you're sterilizing the bidet, then you could have water potentially with that. I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe. This is my understanding that also when you flush the toilet, fecal coliform matter. Oh, flies into the air. Flies into the air. I know. I've heard that too. So like if your toothbrush is sitting near the toilet. I know. Mine doesn't. Splashing. For that reason. You're splashing your toothbrush with poop water. Yeah. I like, we have a separate room for our toilet. That's like. Oh yeah. That's nice. The way it needs to be. I don't think the toilet should be in the regular room. Well, for, for obvious I mean, reasons. Yeah. Should have like a yeah. water closet specifically with just the toilet in it. Am I right on that? A lot of newer homes do. That's the way ours is. All of our bathrooms are like that. The toilet is in a separate room in every single thing. Yeah. Separate room from the sink. Um, closed off. Our house is built in the 50s and that it's all, it's a, it's 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 small quarters in that bathroom, I'll tell you what. So clearly they wanted to make sure that all that fecal coliform got all over everything yeah. in that bathroom. Although, wouldn't it if you close the toilet seat lid, doesn't that like before you flush, that would reduce like, the amount of spray. Yeah. It's supposed to, but it still can move throughout the throughout the air. I wonder when Yeah, it but has anyone died? I mean, you could get I'm just as crazy as the next person, but you could go really nuts with like, oh, there's bacteria, but has anyone died from keeping their toothbrush near the, you know what I mean? It's gross. It's disgusting, but it's not going to kill you. I would be the first person. <laughs> she Probably. died. <laughs> yeah. took all of our from her toothbrush. podcast where her friend tells her. She'll be fine. <laughs> and then she died, folks. She died. <sighs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up because we're at about an hour. Thank you okay. so much for being on the show today, Sam. And oh, sharing well, thanks your, for having me. It was fun as always. Sharing your poop stories. That's very, very, <laughs> very personal. But, you know, everybody poops. Just so you know. We all do. Yes. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show, folks. Go listen. Check us out. We have a sister podcast called Bizarre and Fascinating Details, which is also really fun. We talk about paranormal, true crime, supernatural, all kinds of crazy, fun, and bizarre things. If you guys have any emails with questions, comments, or suggestions, please send them to us at thehypoalmopodcast at gmail.com. I will put that into the show notes, folks. We are also at hypocalmopodcast.com chondriacsalmanac at gmail.com. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments, as well as more common ones that people think are weird, like pooping. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your best life. Bye.